Welcome to the first episode of 2024. It is episode 371 of Signals from Mars with me, Victor M. Ruiz. Welcome you to the new year with an episode discussing our favorite albums to be released last year in 2023. You guys know the drill, all the voting, all that stuff. We'll talk about it next. I'm ready. Let's do it. that this episode is 371 because that way it's easy to keep track of what episode is what during the year so hey it's the first it's 371 the second of the year 372 and i'm sure i'll forget (laughs) by next week but at the moment it seems like a cool concept anyway uh yeah i said at the beginning you know like all you guys know right because hopefully there are new listeners there are new people being turned on to the show And I need to explain this process every time, which I have no problem doing. But what we do is we vote for, in this case, our 10 favorite albums to have come out in 2023. Each album gets points based on where it is located on your list. So if it's number one, it gets 10 points. If it's number two, it gets nine, all the way down to 10, which gets one point. And we do this to help spread the love of music that's come out in 2023. So many people just give up and say, yeah, I'm just going to keep listening to this Zeppelin album over and over and over again. Me, kind of sick of listening to the same stuff over and over again. And yeah, look, I love Zeppelin. I'll go back and listen to them once a year, probably. Or if a song pops in my mind here or there, I'll listen to it. But I don't actively search it most of the time because I've been listening to it for 46 years. The same songs for 46 years. So I don't know, man. I like listening to new things. I like turning people on to new bands. And not even that. Maybe you aren't cognizant of a band that you love who's released an album. You know, there's so much information out there. There's too much information overload. So you're not aware of a band like Dokken, for example, who released an album this year. Overkill, who released an album. Metallica, obviously, a lot of people know that they released an album this year. So that's what I try to do here. I try to spread the love of just music in general. Some stuff you're going to like, some stuff you're not going to like. But just listen to what what we're discussing. And if something appeals you appeals to you based on what we're discussing, then go check the band out. You've got all these streaming platforms where you can sample something beforehand. And you know, if you're part of the crowd that says, I don't use streaming services. All right, you got YouTube. Check out a video. Check out a video by the band. If it turns you on enough, support them. Pick up their album. You know, or even if you if you like using the digital formats to purchase stuff, do it that way. Whatever 
whatever works for you. I do want to thank you guys for checking this episode out. I say this all the time. Uh, there's a million other things that you can be checking out right now, but I appreciate that you're here with me right now listening to this episode. Please go to signalsfromars.com. Check out the follow section where you can uh, subscribe to the show, whether that's the podcast, whether that's the live stream, whether that's social media. Tell your friends about the show. And if you are so inclined, join us on Patreon for as little as $2 a month to join in on the daily conversation with my patrons there. It is a troll-free environment. Again, it is an extension of what I do here. It gives you some further behind-the-scenes insight on what I do with the podcast and with other things that have come up over time. And that's basically it. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's get on with the show. Welcome all to the December 22nd, 2023 edition of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor, and joining me are Jeremy Weltman in the UK and in Kentucky, in like the flash there, Ed Ferguson. How are you, gentlemen? Rocking and rolling. Yeah, do. Yeah, doing well, thanks. Cool. So uh, this is the last show of the year, and uh, as we've made a tradition, the last show is people voting on their favorites for the year, and we're going to do things a little differently today because, uh, well, (laughs) we got a kind of a, a low voter turnout here. And we've only got a few albums where things kind of uh, overlapped. And if you've followed any of these shows, you know that the albums that make it towards the top of these lists are always ones that multiple people vote on. So we're going to do things a little different. We are going to talk about the top seven albums that were voted on uh, because those were the ones that coincided with other people's votes. And... We are going to have Ed and Jeremy discuss their top 10 picks of the year as well. So, um, and so at some point during the show, Brad mentioned that he would be joining us. So we'll see how that all pans out. Uh, before jumping on into the entire episode, uh, just remember that uh, you can keep up with the show at signalsfromars.com. Check out the QR code there. You can use it. I promise you we are not stealing your <laughs> banking information or uh, anything off of your phone. It'll, it will take you to signalsfromars.com. Join us on Patreon to appear on screen throughout 2024. And if you want some quick... Links to everything regarding the show, social media, and all that good stuff. You could also go to the link tree. And, uh, yeah, this is great. I have to reset this 
every single episode. But um, let me see here. Real quickly, let's just... Why didn't that work? <sighs> Excellent. Anyway, and this is all out of order. All right, well, as the door said, we'll take it as it comes. So uh, anyway, the T-shirt. Got Signals from Mars T-shirt. We've got Signals from Mars hoodie. Yes, I'm wearing one today. <laughs> um, we've got the Signals from Mars windbreaker jacket. We also have the Signals from Mars bomber jacket. Oh, yeah, after popular demand. We've got the baseball cap. For the winner, we've got you covered with the beanie. And for Brad Dahl and all of his shenanigans, he loves the bucket hats. So we got a bucket hat as <laughs> well. Like that Brad would wear. <laughs> there you go. See that? <laughs> a Brad hat. I, I got to rename it. Brad hat. Instead. Brad hat. There you go. <laughs> a bucket hat. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, we're going to start things off. With the uh, seventh most voted album here. Uh, This one came out, I guess, towards the end of the year. And uh, it's it's a band that's been around for a while. And not going to not going to lie to you guys. It kind of surprised me. But that is what it is. Multiple people voted for it at seven. It is Raven with All Hell's Breaking Loose. <laughs> nice. Mm. So, um, Jeremy, was that on your list by any chance? Yeah, yeah, it was on my list, definitely. Okay. Um, anything you can uh, say about the album? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know what you're going to get with Raven, don't you? Um they play very similar sort of stuff from album to album. They, I, they always remind me of the the British Anvil. Um, you know, they, <laughs> everything's done a little bit with a tongue tongue in cheek, but we like that because you know music should be fun, and they they sort of make it fun. They, they sort of made their own genre, athletic rock rather than sort of general heavy metal mm-hmm. or hard rock. Uh, they play everything really fast, even though they're you know getting on a bit now in in years. Um, and I thought this was a really good album. It was well produced. You know, you know, as I say, you know what you're going to get. It had the usual sort of uh, riffs that you're expecting, the, the, the songs you're expecting. It was a really decent album. And, you know, you play it loud, you're going to enjoy it. Great mm-hmm. band. Cool. Ed, you seem to be uh, agreeing to uh, a lot of this. I uh, do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like you said, it sounds like Raven. You know, so you're not getting anything terribly new, but, you know, they're such a classic band and a part of our metal history. I feel really proud of them for how well of a record they've made. And uh, I've kept it in my playlist all year. So it's not a record that I could probably listen to the whole thing. Of course, it's just, you know, there's such a gluttony in music. I feel like I say that about everything now. (laughs) You know, it's hard to listen to a whole album worth of stuff of anything. But um but like I said, it's been a good jam every time, you know, iTunes uh, puts it in my shuffle. 
Yeah, I, I think we've become uh, maladjusted yeah. with the advent of the playlist mm. where we can kind of pick and choose what kind of stands out to us. And we don't necessarily have to uh, take in an entire album. There are some of these albums that I went back and listened to and some were better than what I remembered them and others were not as good as what I remembered them where similar to what you're saying, Ed. That happens a lot. Yeah. You think, okay, well, yeah. So there's three good songs off of this. The other ones. All right. This is kind of like the C version of this other song of theirs. So let me just, you know, add these other two, which are cool to the playlist and just, all right. Okay. Album, but, Maybe not as strong as what I originally thought. Whatever they're doing now is worlds better than the records that they were producing kind of mid to late 80s. Right. Um, I'm kind of forgetting the name of those records all of a sudden, but you know which ones I'm talking about. You know, after the All for One live record, whatever they, two or three records after that, they, yeah, this stuff is much better. Yeah. A lot more thrashy, like, uh, Kind of like the Raven, you know, that influenced bands like Metallica in the mm. beginning. They're kind of back to that sound to me. Yeah, they got the mojo back, really. I think there's, they're really sort of playing for what they want to do now and rather than thinking they've got to do something commercial or, you know. And again, the production can help. That's right. All those bands were getting pressured to do that in the 80s. If you wanted any kind of success, they were being made to do that stuff, weren't they? Yeah, it's nice that some of these bands aren't caring anymore because they can do it on their computer and put it on the internet themselves now if they want to. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's the perfect point where they they they're not going to sell a whole ton of albums. They've got a diehard following that's going to pick up pretty much everything that that they're going to release, and at the same time. With, with as you mentioned, Ed, with the advent of being able to record a lot of stuff at home and trade files, and their drummer's a producer, so I'm I'm sure all of that helps. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm sure that as you're saying, Ed, you know, they they kind of started to steer away. They kind of tried to go that commercial route that the labels wanted them to go and and now they they don't have to do that and and there's still labels that are interested in them but they're interested in raven for being raven not you know raven for trying to be motley crew per se Mm -hmm. yeah good for raven to make a the seventh position Mm -hmm. they deserve it cool so moving on to uh number six A band that I personally know, Angela Sapatrida with Aftermath. Yeah, I, th- I think that this album to me is kind of a, a return to form for the band. Not to say that the self-titled album that they released previously was bad. I just think that that album was, was heavy. It's probably their heaviest album, top to bottom. But I think it was missing some of the key ingredients that they brought back for this album, mainly uh, some of the uh, melodies, some of the change of paces with some of the songs where everything doesn't have to be just full bore 
there's there's a little more um variety on this album which i thought that they were kind of finding their stride on mm-hmm. um on on the album before the self-titled album and i think that there was kind of a, a backlash here here in spain um because people didn't interpret uh what they were doing the, the in the in the same fashion i think that because they were experimenting with a lot of different things that people weren't maybe appreciating some of the stuff and, and wanted a more heavy album so they delivered that but now it seems like they they've come back to really experiment with certain things again and i think it it kind of came out uh pretty well uh ed this was on your list as well uh what do you think of this album um i agree with what you just said it's interesting to hear you say that about the self-titled record because you know that's the first album i heard by them they're, right. you know, they're a newer band for me that i'm just getting into and i loved like every track on that record right so it to hear you say <laughs> that kind of makes me excited to dig into their older records some more i've, I've got them all and right. you know but I'm, because i spent so much of the year trying to listen to the new stuff so i can do this show with you <laughs> I, it, I don't get into those as quickly uh, and this record, I agree. It's, it seems to have a little more uh, variety, a little more melody. Uh, man, that song they did with Jamie Josta, Snob, what a good thrasher that one was. Yeah. Um, I also liked Jernica, Jer- you know how to say that? Jernica. Jernica. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Cold, the single, that's a good track. Yeah. Uh, so far, everything I've heard on this, I, I have not heard a bad song by this band, pretty much, nor a bad guitar solo. Right. The only thing that I wish is that they had a little more of the heavy jug sound, because I just love that. Uh, you know, as much as I love thrash, I always uh, like the bands, you know, that have more of that Metallica Anthrax bottom end to it, because mm-hmm. that just makes it heavier. So when I want to listen to thrash, that's what I'm looking for, bands like that. And this, this music is produced great. Uh, but, yeah, I wish it was just a little bit heavier. But, man, I still can't complain. It's great stuff. Any thrash metal head that hasn't heard this band needs to uh, just go buy it. You'll be happy you did. Very cool. Uh, let's see here. Brad Dahl is is joining us. Hey, Brad. After uh hey, Ed. A show tonight and uh we've brad we've decided that i i need to update <laughs> and um change the name of this item from a signals from ours bucket hat to a signals from ours brad hat oh that'd be, we thought that'd it'd be good on you yeah i'm definitely gonna have to get one of those yeah 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 i'm all about the uh the bucket hat so bring it Something from great for 2024. Look at that. On the fly. Look at what it says. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very nice. That Perfect. Come here, I should, check this out. Oh, surely I should have the cap named after me, though. Because <laughs> I'm going to buy the cap as well. <laughs> I love it. Where's your mustache, Brad? Um, I, I left it in my other jeans. 
Is that your son? Yeah, that's my son. <laughs> his son was there with a mustache. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm actually at his house right now because um, I'm okay. in Utah. Back in, back in Utah. <clears throat> All right, cool. So uh, at number six, I'm glad that Brad has joined us because I believe this is on his list. Um, not That's sure if this one. is on Jer Jeremy's list, perhaps as well. Let me see here. Uh, where's Jeremy's list? It's on Jeremy's list. No, it is not, but I'm sure that Jeremy has listened to this album. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned how this band that is best known for their, um, uh, hair metal slash glam rock ways, maybe uh, transition more into a prog rock type uh, band, especially with our last few releases. And uh, at uh, number five is an album called Seven by uh, Weird. Yeah, that's a good album. So, Brad, what, what stands out to you about this album? Um, you know, when I first got it, I thought, yeah, this sounds more like a Kip Winger solo album rather than a Winger album. Right. And, you know, after hearing the interviews with him and, and hearing that he pretty much was pretty heavy handed in this, uh, was able to really focus on it. I, I see why. Um, but the songs are just great. I mean, it, it's it's not... Like I said, it's it's not like a typical winger album, um, but it's it sounds really good. The songs are really good. The performances are really good. Uh, I love that they got every all the whole winger crew on this album. So Paul Taylor, who, who's now back in the band, he played on it, and actually he played his first uh, guitar lead um, on an on a winger album. Anyway, on this album, it's 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 good stuff. So, and yeah, I I, I hear what you're saying about the prog thing, but. Uh, I wouldn't say really. I mean, it, uh, I think it's it's all heavily about the songs. Uh, good album. So yeah, if you if you uh, don't check this out, uh, then you're not really a rock fan. That's what I'm gonna say. Okay, I better listen to it. You better, yeah, Ed. Listen, yeah, right. Ed. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna thrash, but it's uh, it's it's a really good album. Yeah, mm. yeah. Tell me, yeah. Let me know what you yeah. think. I thought it was a quite a good album when it was released. I mean, it, it just shows you how many great albums are released during a year because if they don't make your top 10, it doesn't mean to say that they're not a good album. And, yeah, it's a very listenable album. It had some good rock, you know, rocking tracks on. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, my my first list that I made, you know, I just went through the albums that I liked out of the last year. I had, I think, 58 albums. Hmm. And I was like, holy crap, how am I going to pare down 58 albums to 10? And so I, you know, I, I did like a first cut, got it down to 18 and then kind of went down from there. And as Victor can testify, I had three number tens that ended up did not making the list because I think I had two number sevens. So yeah, it was, it was a very difficult thing to, to make a top 10 out of this mm. really good music this year. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, I had, uh, I think I had like 20, 25 albums. And then in the end, earlier today, I just sat there and thought, okay, 
which of these albums am I going to listen to or what songs off of these albums am I going to listen to consistently in the next few years? So that's where, where my mind went with, uh, yeah, with my voting. Mm-hmm. My, my criteria was how, what did I listen to the most? Which of these albums did I listen to the most? Right. Because, you know, I'm, I'm always listening to new music for yard metal and it's, I can't just keep listening to the same album over and over because I keep getting new music and I have to listen to that. And all top, all of my top 10 are albums. I probably listen to at least five times each and wow, okay. the top, top five, a lot more than that. So. Okay. Uh, Brad, uh, since, uh, since this, Oh, go ahead, Ed. I'm sorry, Brad. So, yeah. I've, you know, I've never spent one cent on Winger, but I'm kind of interested in Kip Winger. He's a interesting fellow. And, you know, he was interviewed for that uh, documentary they did on um, Hulu or something about it's on the Paramount, 80s. I think. Yeah. Do you know what show I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I haven't seen um, it, though, but I know what you're talking about. And that's where I learned that he also has this. Uh, classical music yes career which i i love that too and i'm very interested to hear and and he's apparently composed a lot of classical music either, mm-hmm. right yeah he's very got a new one so, yeah, he's got a new one coming out this next year a classical album with the i think the yeah. nashville philharmonic or something like that but so i haven't listened to any affected the newer music that he's doing and maybe might even be why some people are giving that or hearing some of the prog things i'm interested uh, to hear the record actually i'm i am going to listen to it yeah i think it, i think it's still pretty much a rock album i i don't i don't know that the classical stuff really drifted into there I, I i don't know how he can't you know pull influence from other stuff that he's writing into yeah. uh what he's so writing he's songwriting i would think yeah 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 i need to i need to listen to one of his classical albums but um that's a hard listen for me sometimes but i'll I, who knows maybe i'll really like it that's right. Yeah. Well, he, he seems like an interesting fellow. He'd be yeah. a cool guy to sit down and have a beer with. Let's do it. Yeah, we should. Call he lives closer to you than me. So, oh, does he? Yeah. but I'd come out for that. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Brad, I've heard people say exactly what Ed just said that his classical music is creeping into what he's done on this album. And, yeah, and and well, for, for starters, he's got three guitarists throughout the album. Wow. Yep. Uh, and then also from from some behind the scenes stuff um, that I've been told, uh, I I won't divulge my source. <clears throat> Decibel Geek. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it had to be somebody in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Uh, members didn't really care for the album, uh, because of that. Mm, so interesting. They, they kind of felt that it was, you know, more of a Kip solo album than it was a full, yeah, band uh, release. Yeah, that's what it, it does certainly sound like that. So, but I mean, Reb obviously has, I mean, he wrote uh, a lot of the previous couple of uh, Winger albums. He wrote the music for him because Kip was busy with his other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're more rocking. But uh, Reb obviously has more outlets for his music now. I mean, probably not writing anymore for Whitesnake, but he certainly wrote a lot on that last Whitesnake album. And, 
you know, what's with Black Swan. Yeah. He's on Black Swan, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brad, uh, real quickly, um, can you run down your top 10? Do you remember? Do you want me to run it down for you? Yeah, you run it down. I left all my my uh, my massive list at home. So. Okay. So here's here's the good list. Because, uh, like Brad said, he, he sends it to me multiple times. So at 10, it is Tempt by Tempt. Number yeah, that, I got to say one quick thing about that, because it's probably not going to make any this this list, is that if you're a Def Leppard fan, mm-hmm. this is the album you've been waiting for 30 years to hear, because that Def Leppard won't do. You should, yeah, check this out. If you're a Def Leppard guy, you're going to love this album. Uh, especially hysteria era, but in uh, these guys, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember when Mark interviewed the singer for this band uh, quite a while ago. I mean, they were in their young twenties at that time. Who knows how old they are now? But they're just kids uh, by our by my standards. They're kids, and they're rocking. I mean, guitars. The songs are really good. The playing is really good. The production's great. Uh, so yeah, if you if you like that kind of thing, get this album. It's self titled. Okay, go on. Number what, nine. what are they called again? Tempt. T-E-M-P-T. And that's uh, the title of the album as well. Huh, I had to get them. Yeah, they're New York guys. They, they live in New York City. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, check that out. Let me know what you think. Okay. At nine, you've got Stereotypical by Roxanne. And, and yeah. And that's, Metal Dan, I'm sure, jammed out plenty. Yeah, that's a shout out to Metal Dan because he, he got me to listen to these guys and this album, I mean, if you're, uh, I mean, there's a lot of Queen influence in the instrumentation, especially the guitars, and it's just a solid rock album. There's a really cool song with Doug Pinnock singing um, duet with him, kind of well alternating parts. They got a video for it too, uh, which I think is called "Only a Phone Call Away." It's a great, I mean, lyrically, it's a great song, and uh, yeah. Everybody needs to know we're only a phone call away. All right. Okay. I'm here for all you guys. I mean, that's anybody watching this right now. I'm only a phone call away. Give me a call. Brad missing his poison control uh, days. Uh, yeah, I do. I do miss them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see at number eight King's crown with closer to the fate or closer to the truth. Excuse me. Yeah, I have Jeremy to blame for this one because he uh, he hipped me to it. And I've listened to this several times, and it's solid stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out without looking where these guys were from, and I thought maybe this is a U.K. band because there's some of these U.K. bands who are going for more classic rock-type sound, but they're not U.K. band. They're Swedish. So, mm-hmm. And they don't sound like a Swedish band to me, but they, they're really, really good. I mean, it's just your classic rock kind of stuff, big guitars, Hammond organ and uh, great singing. Yeah, the singer's great. So a really good, solid album. Okay, at seven, Rock City Music Co. with Rock City Music Co. Yeah, I just stumbled across these guys from uh, one of their videos popped up on my YouTube feed. It was the cover of uh, Bob Seger's Ramblin' Man. And I was like, God, these guys are kicking the crap out of this. And so I checked out the album. I don't know if it's a full album or not. It seems pretty short. And it's just solid. Just, I mean, there's nothing new here, boys and girls, but maybe it is new because there's not people rocking like this right now. Uh, but you go back to the 70s and, you know, give everybody a Red Bull 
And that's what you're going to get right here. Guitars and uh, great singing and just, yeah. Yeah, I, it's the funnest, uh, the funnest album out there right now. Okay. There you go. Number six, a band from Poland that you saw live, oh. Riverside with ID Entity. Yeah, this is a great album. This is a great band. They've always been kind of, they're very much in the porcupine tree land. I mean, they're, they're really close to what those guys are doing, but they kind of got their own spin on it. Uh, I saw these guys last year in, in a club in Salt Lake, and it was they were just mind-blowing. The singer plays bass, unbelievable bass playing, bass tone. Of course, that speaks to me. But they were just good, man. It was fun. It was a, I mean, the keyboard player was kind of the, the guy to watch in the whole thing. And I mean, how many bands can say that? Because most bands, the keyboard player is absolutely nothing to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, we should have just rolled tapes for that. <laughs> but, but yeah, these guys are really, really good. And uh, I like to, I, I'm glad they're picking up steam. They've been around for a long time now. So. Yeah, get yeah, check that out. If you're if you even slightly like Porcupine Tree, check these guys out. That's a great album. Okay. At number five, Jericho by Last in Line. Yeah, I know Victor, you got your problems with these guys, but uh, I, I I don't know that that's purely musical or or something else. But I really like this album. I know you said you kind of felt when you first listened to it anyway, it didn't quite scratch it for you. Uh, their, their second album I thought was just okay, uh, not quite up to par with the first album. But I'm kind of liking this one actually more than the other two. So there you go. Here's 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 my rebuttal to that. <laughs> nice. I got to hear these songs live though. I'm I'm hoping they're going to be doing some shows next year. So. It seems like their paths and mine hardly ever cross. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip over number four because that's something that we'll oh, talk awesome. about later. I actually picked one that made the top list. Wow. Okay, go. Number three? <laughs> yeah, it's partly your fault, Brad. Uh, number three is the Winger album, which we just discussed. Okay. Number two, it has it has a note. Should I read the entire note out? Brad? Go on. Read it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it is UDO touchdown. And he adds, Jeremy is wrong about this one. So wrong. Oh my gosh, you're so wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to go uh, um, <laughs> Johan here. No, tell me why. Well, I'll tell you why. Okay, because when I heard your review of it before I even heard the album, I was like, oh, well, that's too bad that it's just kind of a so-so album. I put it on, you know, to pick out some songs to play on Yarg Metal. I'm like, okay, yeah, that first one was really good. Second, wow, that was really good. Third one, wow, that was really good. Fourth one, that was really good. What the hell is Jeremy talking about? <laughs> these are these are all really good songs. The only song I really kind of was like, eh, on was uh, the last one, Touchdown, the title track. Um, I still don't know why these guys, I mean, they're all, well, mostly German. There's a Russian in there somewhere. Why they're, why they've got an American football theme on this album. Why uh, that makes no sense well, at all. Sure. Well, it does. Yeah. Selling the band to America. No, that's the thing. They're not popular in America, but that's uh, what they're trying not to change. At all. They, they can't even get arrested unless they're playing, uh, you know, princess of the dawn and, uh, balls to the wall. That's the only way they're going to get a gig here. 
Right, but they're figuring that if they do a football themed uh, album and anthem that somehow they're going to get played in, in, in some podunk town, you know? So that's, yeah. that's what it is. And, and is Udo's son, I know he's German, but has he spent maybe more time in the States than he has in Germany? I don't, I don't know. No, no, he no? hasn't. Okay. No, but he's, he's a good dude. And I, I like him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the interview with Udo and Udo and Sven on the yard metal uh, YouTube page, check out the interview where I talked to both those guys. Those guys are so damn cool. So nice. And just, it was, it was fun chatting with them. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if you're, if you're a metal guy, if you're a rock guy, and this is an album that you don't even have to work hard to listen to because they're not, again, they're not doing anything new here, kids. It's just metal by numbers and they're doing it really, really well. It sounds great. The playing is great. And uh, Udo is Udo's Udo. There you go. Jeremy, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say the only problem that I have with it is not that the songs aren't particularly great. It's the fact that they've released so many albums that they all <laughs> starting to sound the same. That's the only problem yeah. I have with it. You know, okay. you could you could buy one of his albums uh, or the band's album, you know, in the past five or six albums and just have one of them. You know, they, this is what I'm saying. They're, they're very, very similar. Uh, okay. And he and he tries to force a lot of songs onto each album as yeah. well, which gives me the impression yeah. that you know they're just. It's not. It's not that they don't sound great. You know, you can listen to any single album on its own and you can enjoy it. I can understand why you enjoy it. It's great stuff. But I, in fact, I'm I'm thinking that except are getting very like that as well. Very similar right. because they keep releasing yeah. album after album after album, and they start to sound very very much the same. That's that's yeah, the only thing I've got a problem with it. It's not you know. I, th- I think that's a fair argument, although I, you know, unlike Except, and their their albums sound so much the same, I think they're using the same producer on every album. So, yeah, they do run together. It's not like all of a sudden this album sounds different. I'm going to tell you right now, Touchdown, I think, sounds a little different. Well, it actually sounds a bit different, mm. quite a bit different mm. than the previous one. So give it give it another listen. Next, yeah, time yeah. The car, next time you're in the car and you want to piss your wife off or – uh, that's usually what pisses uh, Shelly off. Is if I, she, she has a Udo quotient. It's like she'll only do like one song an hour, kind of a thing. Like <laughs> cool. And your number one is Magnus Carlson's. Uh, no, it's Matt's. Matt's Carlson. Matt's Carlson. Okay. Yes. My that's bad. my number one, and I'm sure that. And and the only reason it's my number one is because I've listened to this album so much. Um, I just love it. It's a great rock album, but it's not just all rock and the songs are written really well. And even though it's got the, was it big yellow cab or whatever cover that I'm not a real fan of that song. It's done, you know, quite well. Uh, and I'm not a lyric guy, but his lyrics are just fantastic. But, uh, but the, it's just, it is a great, great rock album. And it okay. doesn't sound like anything else that anybody else is doing right now. Uh, I think it does have its own flair to it. So, so yeah, that's your assignment, America, Europe, Asia, down under. The whole thing is listen to this album. Give, what, it, give, it, at least, give it one spin. Let me know what you think. What's that one called again? It's called Mood Elevator. Right, okay. Yeah. I don't have the scoop on uh, what, he's, what he's going out with that. There's a song on there, Mood Elevator. Uh, but I think it's about uh, elevating your mood. Yeah, it's a real, po- a real positive album, which that always makes me happy too. 
yeah. Hmm. Okay. And All he's right. Swedish. So there you go. Check. He's a he's the guitar player from 220 Volt. Super good dude. You can find an interview with him also on my uh, on the Yard Metal YouTube page. Great guy. Excellent. All right. So let's move on here with the list at number four. Band from uh, my home state of New Jersey. It is Overkill with the album Scorched. Ed, did you get a chance to listen to this album? Yeah, I've listened to it even today. But it's I've had a hard time getting into this one. I think maybe Metal Dan was making that point, too. You know, it sounds, production-wise, it sounds just as great as the other ones. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the songs just aren't grabbing me as much mm -hmm. as the last few records. And there's one song on there called Bag of Bones that iTunes keeps playing over and over again. And I'm kind of sick of that because it's got a <laughs> kind of a funny riff to it. But it's like, you know, it's good overkill. I don't really know what to say about it. I don't know why I'm not liking it as much as the others, but I'm, I'm guessing it's just the songs aren't having the hooks that I'm, you know, that grab me. But, you know, everybody's different. Someone else might like this one better than the ones prior to it. Right. Uh, Jeremy, you're nodding your head. I absolutely totally agree with that. Uh, we must have listened to it with the same ears because I, I find I'm thinking exactly the same. I tried it three or four times. I don't know what it is about it that I don't, it doesn't hit me. It doesn't, I don't feel it like I felt some of the previous ones. Um, and, you know, I'll listen to one or two tracks and I think, yeah, they're okay. They're good. The production's fine on it. It sounds like overkill. There's no, you know, there's no difference. But yeah, I think it must be the songs. The songs are not hitting me. One thing that does capture my attention are some of his guitar solos. Um, like in the videos that you posted, Victor, mm -hmm. his guitar solos are pretty amazing. Right. Uh, so I, th I think that may be one reason why I do keep listening to the songs because I'm listening to him play. Well, uh, just so you guys know, um, this album didn't make my top 10 and it's the first Overkill album to not make my top 10 because yeah. uh, yeah. I'm of the same opinion of the two of you guys. It's got two or three okay songs on it. But it just isn't as strong as the last few. I think they really um, hit their stride with, um, I'm trying to think of the album that had the green and the black on it. Um, but I think from that album onward, really, they kind of reinvented themselves and kind of hit a new stride. And this album just kind of doesn't have the songs that these last four or five albums have had. So I, I agree with you guys. Yeah, this didn't make my, make my top 10 either. I actually thought it was an okay album, but um, obviously some people liked it. So, yeah. Because yeah. it, it made our list. So Yeah, a, f a few people did uh, vote for it. Those so, people need to be here. Back yeah, I'll this album out be here to talk about that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell us where we're on. <laughs> He's going to blast us later, isn't he? 
quite quite possible. Um, Ed, do you want to uh, run down your top ten real quick here? You want me to read yeah, them? Sure. Do you have them in front of you? I do. Okay. So a new one for me that I've really enjoyed, and I think I'm saying it right, Earn, U-R-N-D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I've never heard anybody speak the band's name, so I could be making it up. Oh, I've I've fumbled oh. over that um, when we're when I'm reading off the new releases. So yeah, I yeah. believe it's Earn. So they're kind of like if you look them up on Wikipedia or something, they'll be called a sludge metal band. I didn't get that impression listening to this record, but I can I can hear that they're they're very eclectic. Okay, mix of styles, which is one of the reasons why I like it. It, so my favorite bands, as time goes on, as the years go by, are bands that are doing some, you know, mixing genres together. Right. Kind of like what thrash metal did, but these bands are doing it on a whole nother level, mm-hmm. you know, including thrash. So this band here, they're heavy, they're sludgy. Um, I mean, but it's, I mean, it's heavy metal, though. It's that heavy where you'll be... I'll be driving down the road, banging my head to their riffs. And they keep changing the songs up in ways that keep uh, keep you interested. Hmm. And every song I've heard has been like that. Very good stuff. Okay. Uh, Dieth. Did I say yeah. that one right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, that's the one with uh, Ellison in there mm-hmm. playing bass. Um, I don't know what they're going to continue to do in the future, but that record by itself was really good. It's got a lot of good, heavy, groovy stuff, kind of like a, it's kind of, it's not total thrash metal, but it's kind of, you know, it's heavier than just heavy metal. It's got some thrash and death metal influences. Right. Um, Another new one for me was the mystical hot chocolate endeavors. That is a very interesting record. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's it sounds beautiful, mm-hmm. and it sounds um, heavy at the same time. Another yeah. eclectic bit of music, I guess you could say, to where you know there'll be kind of it'll be kind of be a mellow track, and he's he's got a beautiful voice singing some beautiful melodies, and they kind of layer it with different sounds, and then it turns into something. Uh, very heavy, you know, kind of post hardcore, post metal with some hardcore vocals, you know. Mm-hmm. So the, the songs always kind of build to a point, I guess you could say. And they leave you satisfied when you're done hearing it. Uh, that, ba- before, that band name kind of sounds like one of the enema calls I've had. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't think to describe it that way, but yeah, interesting. Uh, Enforce put out another good record. You know, it sounds just like the other two, uh, the way it's produced. You know, they're like doing the same thing every time, but it's still it's still a good jam. You know, Cannibal Corpse came out with a new record. And, you know, I'm not like disappointed in the album, but I'm disappointed that I'm not liking it more. I was right. so excited to hear this one. But this, you know, it's still death metal, but it's, more on the slower, heavier, sludgier side. Mm-hmm. And it still has, you know, a lot of fast, you know, death metal beats. But when you compare it to some of their earlier records, uh, like the one before it, Violence Unimagined, I liked a lot better. 
Um, we talked about Angelus. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Evil on the list? Yeah, Evil is is on your list. Um, am I the only one that picked them? They're not on the top. They're not in the top ten. Are no, they? they're not. They're not in the top ten. Man, that album there is amazing. It, and it's funny because they apparently just pulled a Metallica and did like a black album thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a thrash metal band with this record. Yeah, they slowed it down. They're doing heavier, juggier songs that are more like Metallica when they did the black album. Right. But I'll tell you what, if Metallica's black album had sounded like this, I would have still been a Metallica fan. Because <laughs> this album, uh, man, whoever produced it, it did a wonderful job. It sounds big and heavy, but it's still kind of like in your face in the speakers. When you right. listen to the Black Album, it's got that huge, booming stadium sound, but you kind of feel like you're somewhere in the stadium. With this one, it's got that same big sound, but it's a little more in your face. I like his vocals a lot better than listening to James sing. How, know, how do you spell the name of this band? I, I got to check this out. What did you say? How do you spell the name of the band? I want to check this out. Oh, E-V-I-L-E. Oh, I think I heard one of these in Victor's Patreon. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've yeah. posted a yeah. few videos off of this album. So that was Which, great. by the way, Patreon, Victor's Patreon, only $2 a month, and you get to hear all this new music every day sends out new music. And the last two, uh, Dying Fetus, loving that record. It's just a good old classic throwdown death metal, you know, kind of on the thrashy side. Not overproduced, but still big, heavy throwdown sound. Yeah, if you like that just good old classic, as heavy as you can get death metal, you know, without it being just, uh, you know, a thousand miles an hour the whole time, it's, <laughs> you'll like that. And then number one for me was the cattle decapitation. Yeah. The, uh, man, that and I think that was on a lot of people's number ones in the extreme metal reviews that I've seen. You know, it's produced great. It's got, and, and actually, this is kind of new for me too, and I'm going to start going into their back catalog because I hear they've got other records that are as good as this one. But uh, you know, this is an eclectic mix of extreme metal styles. It's you know, black metal flavored um, death metal, I guess you could say. Uh, they keep you know changing the beats and the tones and the the vocals go back and forth between death and black metal and that kind of thing. And then they'll have some breakdowns, you know, that uh, have you kind of moshing around the living room. So it's uh, number one on my list. So I think that covers all 10 for me. Yeah. um, Trying to see here if there's anything else that you had on here that you didn't mention. Metalocalypse? Did I have that on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death Clock is the other one. I didn't expect to like that one so much, but every time I'm hearing a tune off of that one, even today, um, it's a good jam, that Metalocalypse. Yeah, I think I might even buy that vinyl if I keep enjoying that as much as I have. Very cool. All right. So back to the the list here, the overall votes. And coming in at number three... A band that Ed just mentioned a few different times. It is Metallica with 72 seasons. 
Jeremy, this one was high on your list. Mm. Uh, give us your 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 rundown on this one. Yeah, I was uh, really looking forward to hearing this uh, after the last couple of albums, and I, I thought it was I thought it was slightly better overall. I thought they got their mojo back a little bit on this one. Um, you've got to play it loud. Uh, they got you know a fair selection of tracks on there. I thought they kept them fairly tight as well, rather than you know having too many songs that went on and on, which they've done on previous albums, uh, which helps. Uh, there's nothing particularly new on it. You know, they're they're probably playing what they've played, you know, over the last three or four albums uh, that, you know, they're, they're rehashing some of the riffs and, you know, they got into that groove, that style that they, that they've been doing on previous stuff. But I thought overall it was great. You know, there was some catchy stuff on there, but there's some stuff that a bit, bit of a deeper listen and it was very typical Metallica and it was really well produced, nicely finished uh, with the vinyls. You know, the vinyl stuff was excellent that they that they came out with but you know you'd expect that from a top band and it was uh, it was up there for me as one of the one of the better albums of the year excellent uh anyone else want to mention something about this album it's the first metallica album i've ever bought <laughs> is it okay yes. <laughs> yeah and uh, i i agree i think it's i think it's uh, an enjoyable listen i am yeah, every time uh, one of these songs comes up on Yard Milks and playing a few of them, uh, I'm like, God, this is pretty good. Oh, that's Metallica. Nice. So, yeah, good album. Ed, anything to say about 72 Seasons? Um, about the same as I told you earlier in the year. I like the songs that you put videos of. Right. You know, like the first three tracks they released, they were kind of thrashy. After listening to the album, you know, when it was released, I've not been able to enjoy it much. I've, I'm still listening to it, you know, seeing what might catch me mm-hmm. and what doesn't. But it's kind of like the overkill. It's just um, the songs aren't catching me as well this time. As I think I enjoyed Hardwired quite a bit better. I know you didn't like that one as much, but yeah, and- you know, for me, it's the opposite. I like Hardwired a lot better. I, I still prefer Death Magnetic over both of them. Well, I do too. That, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like this album when it came out. And this is one of these that after listening to the other stuff that ended up being on my top 10, uh, it just didn't make, it didn't make my top 10. Uh, there's, like you said, Ed, I think the first three songs they released are probably the strongest off of the album. And there's maybe two others that I kind of like, but the rest is, I don't know. I was, I was listening to this album the other day and my first thought was they've become motorhead. Yeah. You know, the, the album kind of, you know, and that's not a bad thing. You know, the album is steady, it's consistent, but it also really doesn't have anything outside of those like five songs that really jumps out at me to say, oh, yeah, OK, I can listen to this one over and over again. You know, they're mm-hmm. cool riffs, cool parts, the songs, but just something there that, you know, I, I want something more. And that's not to say, again, that they're. There isn't stuff off of this or hardwired that that I enjoy. Uh, I have a playlist that I kind of put together that actually has 
songs off of the last three albums, off of Death Magnetic, Hardwired, and um, 72 Seasons. And, and I think combining what I feel is the best off of those three, you get a, a good mix of songs. So there's I that. think a lot of these songs, you know, the ones that are kind of, you know, mid, it's you know, there'll be riffs that sound good at first. Mm-hmm. And then you get kind of bored. Like I feel like yeah. the song starts off, it's it sounds great, and then James starts singing. And because they're long songs, it's like, okay, we're about to spend a whole bunch of time listening <laughs> to him, you know, sing over the same riff for right. a while. And then I just get bored. And I I'm sorry. I love Kirk. I respect the guy big time. But I just I never get excited the guitar solo that's coming up because it's mm-hmm. usually just a wah wah shreddy thing that just <laughs> I don't know it's just not like listening to what Dave Mustaine puts together you know when it comes to guitar solos and yeah so it's not much there to keep me in the song you know <laughs> and they, and the song kind of stays at tempo to the end you know there's not you know something to get excited about towards the end you know and and that's that's another good point because I think with Death Magnetic, he kind of had to prove that they were wrong to not have yeah. any solos on St. Anger. So he kind of went out of his way to do really good solos on Death Magnetic. But I think everything's been kind of vanilla since then. They've, mm-hmm. like you're saying, it's just a solo with some wah. And, and hearing yeah. him on, on their podcasts say, oh, well, I'm not going to play this solo note for note anymore. I'm just going to play whatever comes to mind every night. And I'm thinking, well, that solo kind of was boring. So I that mm-hmm. doesn't surprise me, you know, and I'm hoping that whatever he supplants it with is better than the snooze fest that ended up on the album. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and yet this album is number what on our list? Three. Number three. <laughs> but I mean, here's here's the thing, and this is something that I've I read somebody say years ago. Metallica could literally put out an actual turd and I think they didn't they do that with Saint Anger? <laughs> well they did it with Lulu. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would say Lulu is more is, is a nice turds on that. Thing. Yeah. Lulu yeah. was a whole pile of crap. Yeah, but again, how, how many, how many millions did that sell? Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't think anyone had heard it. <laughs> yeah, well, true, but but that's that that's my point. Uh, I think that just given the sheer magnitude of this band and how many people love this band, people are still going to vote for them. People are still going to give this album a shot and anything that they release a shot. So, but I have a question for you guys. So since you guys are big Metallica fans, do you think that kind of makes it more difficult for a new album to impress you? Yeah. Whereas for me, who's not a big Metallica fan, I can listen to this album and go, yeah, this is pretty good. This is fun. I like it. That happens in general because, um, I think the, Slayer album that I like the most is World Painted Red. And it's one of their latter albums where I I think a lot of people, a lot of diehards 
don't like the album. You know, they pan it uh, and will only focus on their their early part of their career. Why do I like that album? Well, because I don't have preconceived notions from the the first few albums, and I think that's that's kind of the same with this. You've really not been into Metallica before. This is the first yeah. one that kind of grabbed you. So, you know, you're more lenient with what's on there as a result. Now, if it was a Blue Oyster Cult album and it's nowhere near as good as Secret Treaties, then then all of a sudden you're crapping on the album or you're or you're kind of talking about the album the same way that we're talking about this album. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've only got one album that I'm kind of rag on, but we won't go into that now. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something about all of this stuff, but oh, I was going to say, you know, Jeremy, if you hadn't listened to all those other Udo albums, you'd like this new one better. Uh, <laughs> see that? <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Uh, Jeremy, uh, do you want to run down your list? Uh, yeah, so I had um, Elegant Weapons, number 10, Horns for a Halo, which obviously Richie Faulkner's um, first attempt at a solo album. I thought it was a good one. I thought it was, um, you know, I wouldn't say it was a classic album, but I really liked a lot of the songs on it. Right. We know that Rod- Ronnie M- Romero was singing on it, but I thought he did a pretty good job on it, really, considering, you know, it was a bit heavier than some of the stuff that he does. So, yeah, that was good. Uh, number nine was Mammoth, WVH, with number two. Mm-hmm. Um, thought that was really good. Thought that was very classy sounding. Whether I'll play it a lot, I don't know. You know, I've played it right. a few times this year, but whether, you know, this is a good test, isn't it? Because you have to go years ahead to look back on stuff and yeah. think, would you still rate them in the same way? Um, number eight was The Answer, the Northern Irish band, uh, which I followed through the whole career. I thought they had a bit of a dip in the last few albums, particularly, I think it was the last one called Solis, which was quite poor. This one I thought was a bit more of a return to form. So I think it, I was comparing it to that one and called The Sundowners. Um, and I liked it. You know, there's some good songs on that. Uh, number seven was Buck Cherry, volume 10, a band I've come to really, really like. Uh, I like a lot of their stuff. Very good rock and roll band. And... You know, I, maybe you know some fans would say, "Well, they're going to compare this album to that album," but I, you know, took it for what it was and and really liked it. Uh, number six, we've already talked about, which was the Raven album, and then number five, I put L.A. Guns with Black Diamonds. This is a band that um, this is a band that uh, the Victor actually got me into. Sorry, I was just uh, reading a, a small comment there, which I've taken on board. <laughs> So, yeah, Victor got me into L.A. Guns because I'd never really followed them very much or probably did hear them and never really got into them properly. But I have got into them, and I really like this album. I think it's good. They they show a lot of quality in their songwriting, and they're a little bit different to some of the, you know, the mainstream stuff that comes out. Can't say it's their best album that I've heard by them, but, you know, it was a a good listen. Um, We're going to skip number four, and then so number three, uh, is the Alcatraz album Take No Prisoners? There's a couple of reasons I like this. I mean, I um, obviously like the vocals on it, which is um, Doogie, Doogie White mm-hmm. um, doing the vocals. And I love Joe Stump's guitar playing. I just think that they write on this particular album, they've, I think it's probably the best Alcatraz album since the early days. Um, 
that you know some really great songs. Looking forward to seeing them next year. They're playing with Raven, Girls School, and Air Race all in one show, so that nice. should be good. Um, and that's the one actually that I've played the most this year. So yeah. maybe that should have been my number one, but we'll get to my number one after, and we'll talk about it. And it was probably better. Uh, and then number two, I put Metallica. And I missed off that list a few others. Just give a couple of very, very quick mentions to a few others. I did um, rate the Evile album that Ed mentioned. I also rated the Anthem album, Crimson and Jet Black. I really like that. Quite like the Alice Cooper album. It's very Alice, typical Alice stuff. Um, very much like the Night Demon album, Outsider. Uh, Uriah Heep, it's obviously. A great album. Yeah. Great album. Yeah. Um, and that's about it, really. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the Night Demon was one of uh, Brad's several number tens. So yeah, it was. It, I wanted so badly to get it in there because it's such a really yeah. good album. You know, it, it, anybody listening to this, if Jeremy says listen to something, listen to it. He's never <laughs> wrong, except for when it comes to Udo. <laughs> other than that, other than that, Jeremy's totally on point, man. He's he's. He's got great ears. All those albums were on my uh, list that didn't quite make the top 10 just because I didn't listen to them enough. So, but they're all stellar. So can't go wrong with any, any of uh, Jeremy's recommendations. There's also one other, but I'm going to leave that till the very, very passing comment right at the end before we say goodbye. So leave that one. Okay. There's one yeah. more. <laughs> okay. So uh, at number two, <clears throat> Jeremy and I share our number one for the year. And it is Rival Sons with Dark Fighter. Uh, Jeremy, you were going to say something about this album before I said, don't talk about it. So, uh, did, did you just miss number two out, though? I thought num- you, it was Metallica number three, and then Metallica's number- three, number two is Rival Sons. Oh, two is right. Okay, yeah. so it's two. Not it was one. our number one. It was our, no, is our number one, right? You threw me. You right. threw me. Okay, fine. Yes. Overall, yeah. it is number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think this is uh, this is equivalent to Led Zeppelin four. This album. I think that this is, if this was released instead of Led Zeppelin four at the same time, we'd be talking about this as a classic album. It is almost perfect. It's their best album. Mm-hmm. I think there's only eight tracks on it, and maybe they could have swapped one track off the second album that came right. just after it. I think they ruined it by having these two albums come out in the same year. They shouldn't have done that. They should maybe even have made it a nine, ten album, a uh, ten track uh, album. But it's it's just a it's just a great thing. I mean, it just shows the quality of the musicianship, the songwriting. Um, they've, they're, they're, they're a sellout here in the UK now, you know, it's hard to get a ticket in time to go and see them because they're such a good band. They are the new Led Zeppelin. They are the new bad company. Um, we all have to sort of follow other bands. Uh, the very last track on the album, which I think is that one called, is that Lightbringer, that one? Um, might be Uh, the title because they swap around the title tracks of the, um, of the albums, I think, don't they? Can't remember what it's called now. The very last song on the on on side two. It's a very long one. It's their stairway to heaven. It's just it's just an unbelievable listen. It's it's so brooding. Um, it builds. It, it has very heavy parts. It's um, it's an incredible track. 
and I think Vids is going to find it. One second. <laughs> yeah, it w- would be nice if I could here. Um, I should have brought my copy down with me. It's quite a long track. Yeah, last track is, and this this might be out of order for me. Um, is it Dark Side? Dark Side. Dark, dark yeah. Side, that's it. Dark yeah. Side. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I think they've got a song Dark Fighter on the Light yes. Ringer album. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Dark Side. Uh, and there's other great songs on there. Mirrors is a fantastic song. There's the one, is it the Horses? Is it Horses Breath? Uh, horses Breath, just, yes. Horses Breath is a great song. I mean, there's, there's not much you can say about it. You just got to listen to it. It's got, it's it's a very, very varied album as well. Very like Led Zeppelin 4, where, you know, you're going to listen to different tracks, some folky ones, some heavy ones. Um, what do you think, Victor? I I agree. I agree with everything that you've said. I mean, I th- this album uh, just captivated me from the first time that I listened to it. It's much like the um, uh, Winterfall album hmm. um, or Witherfall. With, Witherfall. Yeah, yeah Witherfall. I'm, I'm mixing Game of Thrones again. Uh, but yeah, it, it was much the same where I heard it and I was like, wow, this is, this is good. It sounds tight. It sounds, you know, and I, and I think I get why they released two different albums because I think dark fighters more of a seventies rock album where the other album, um, damn it. I can't see the title now. It's the other one. Lightbringer. Lightbringer. Yeah. yeah. Lightbringer is more of a sixties album. It, it really has like a lot of 60s elements to it, like the song Mercy, um, the song Redemption as well. They're, they're very like 60s, 60s, uh, like there's more of like a pop element to those songs, uh, in my opinion. Not mm. to say that it's full on pop, but it's more of like the Who as opposed to, or like the Raspberries as opposed to Zeppelin and Bad Company, is is what I'm trying to get at. Um, it it has everything. It has everything, and it's you know we talked about this last week how we're kind of sick of hearing all the same Zeppelin songs all this all the time. Well, this is like the perfect thing to supplant that where it's something in the vein, which is really, really good. And, and I mean, they're not the only band doing this kind of stuff. You mentioned the answer before, but that album by the answer is nowhere near as good as this. Not, not all the way through. And, and any band that I can make up, uh, Blackberry uh, <laughs> Smoke or what did I say? Black Cherry Smoke the one time. So, uh, so yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a mix of uh, Jay Buchanan on vocals and and Scott Holiday is a fantastic guitarist. I mean, he's the new Jimmy Page. He's kind of like a Jimmy Page, um, the Edge kind of guitar player. You know, he got those little bits into his playing that it's only him. And when you've got those like little un- unique sounds, it, it, you create a, a new thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with you. So, if you want to uh, check out my top 10, that's actually going to be the uh, Patreon podcast that I'm going to do this weekend. That gives me some material for that. So, I can uh, expound upon that and some of the others. 
that I checked out. So another reason to check out Patreon. Uh, all right. So our number one. Again, I thought that this album was really good when I first listened to it. I was uh, the first person that came to mind was D. Snyder because I think a lot of his, a lot of his, well, his last two solo albums sound a lot like this album, in my opinion. This got the most votes overall. It was voted by um, more people than any other album. So it is. Alive by Robin McCauley. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> explain it to me. Go ahead, Jeremy. Explain it. Yeah, so Robin McCauley, uh, you know, the, the, the lead vocalist who's been in the Michael Schenker group recently. Um, saw him live, actually, a few months back, uh, fronting the band. He's done a few solo albums, and this is his latest solo uh, it's a really fantastic mix of uh, it's classic hard rock sounding, very melodic. Uh, but he's written some really good songs and he performs them very well. And uh, it's just a great album. We liked it from the from the off, and I think we all still like it. Who who are you know bought it or are playing it? And um, yeah, I really enjoy it. I think he's a good vocalist. I think he's one of the best ones that Michael Schenk has ever had. Uh, and he's. He's not a young man, he's getting on a bit, and yet he can still produce a, a really good album like this. Yeah, and and, and the song uh, the songs, which is what um where I draw a lot of similarities to the D Snyder albums. I mean, look, it's not Jamie Josta writing them or producing them, but the songs are heavier than what I expected them to be. Hmm. They're heavier than the stuff he's done with Shanker over the years and the stuff that he's known for doing in Black Swan and, and all of that stuff. So I, this to me was an album that I thought, eh, just another Frontiers album, you know, not going to be that great. And then I listened to it and I'm like, shit, this is, this is good. This is better than, a lot better than what I had expected. Hmm. So It uh, also passes the Ed test. Ed was saying, you know, it's hard to listen to an album all the way through at the beginning of this conversation. But this is an album you can you can play all the way through. You you'll enjoy it. You know, you just play it from one track to the next and keep it going. There you go. Brad want to mention anything uh about the about this album? No, it made my top ten. Um and yeah, it's a solid album. It's very, uh, very enjoyable. And uh, Robin, I don't know how, I think he sounds vocally better now than he did back in uh, old Michael Schenker days, back in the eighties. I think he, he sounds just fantastic. He's really taken good care of his voice and um, he's just, he's a real likable dude too. So uh, it's good to, it's good to see good people making good albums and, having some success. So you just wonder how much longer he can keep doing. I think he just turned 70. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. So he looked good live. He still looks fresh and enjoying himself. And, you know, looked like, you know, when you see Glenn Hughes out there, he's similar age and, yeah. you know, they all look, they all look great. Yeah. He's a, you know, we don't all age the same. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, it's, it's a good album. So if you haven't listened to it, you should definitely listen to this one. You you know real quickly there, Brad. You just just you just mentioned something uh, 
real interesting about albums not aging the same or or, or whatnot or bands not aging oh, the yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a real quick point. Just remember Kansas, <laughs> the greatest American, the greatest American rock, rock band. band of all time. Yeah, I, I really screwed up because I meant to open up my portion of the show by saying, have you guys already talked about the new Kansas album? But there yeah. isn't one. And and um, I was I messed it up, too, because instead of mentioning the uh, Macaulay album, I was actually going to mention Kansas's yes. first album. Probably the greatest album cover ever right there. We, we, we all know. Yeah, this is a mural from the... Uh, <laughs> The capital, isn't it? The capital, I believe. Yes. Yeah, state capital. Topeka. Yeah, yeah, I actually uh, saw, saw a documentary on those guys uh, that was actually quite interesting and fascinating. And uh, But yeah, their music, their, their last album, which everybody raved about, I bought it. And I don't know, it's, it's, uh, there's some good parts to it, but it's a bit of a snooze fest for me. I don't know. Not as good Sorry. as this one? No, that album right there, that's, that's you know, that'll go down in history as the greatest American rock band album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, anyway. Uh, if, only, if only Blues Saraceno played on there, yes. that would have put it way over the top. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we will hopefully be revisiting that shortly. We'll see. Oh, please, please. <laughs> What's he up to nowadays anyway? Come on, Blues, where are you? He's a producer. He's he's hey, played he's played he's a producer? on Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's played on Producing albums. Who? Uh Ziggy Marley and oh. like some other like pop stuff oh. as well. He's yeah. not what you would expect. All right. <laughs> hey, look, Edgar, there's Edgar. Edgar nice Winterson. Can can we start over? Yes, we can. Now that you're here, we've been waiting for you, Edgar. Yeah. Please. Where have you been? Um, so real quickly before closing out the show at seven, we had uh, Raven with, well, let me get back to the graphics here. Yeah. That's a good album, by the way, the Raven one. At seven, Raven with All Hell's Breaking Loose. Love that. Great bass stuff on there. Six, Angela Sapatrida with Aftermath. Five, an album called Seven by Winger. Four, Scorched by Overkill. Three is 72 Seasons by Metallica. Two is Dark Fighter by Rival Sons. And number one. Robin McCauley oh with Alive. So I do want to thank everyone that joined us tonight. I do want to thank uh, Sean and now Edgar, who is in the chat. I do want to thank Ed, Jeremy, and Brad for being here tonight as well. Hey, it works. You finally got it to work, Brad, after persisting. I thought it really worked in Utah. I mean, in Idaho. Now it works in Utah. So See that? Yeah. So, and and real quickly, I do want to just run down my patrons since it is the last uh, show of 
the year. We have Chris from Despo Geek. We have Tony Espin. We have Anthony Mackey, who has a show with the Middle Ages tonight. We have Johan uh, up in Sweden. He's Met- wrapping presents. Yeah. We have uh, Jose in Connecticut. We have Gabriel in Ru- in Gabriel in Ruiz. Yeah. Gabriel in New Jersey. We have Mike Jones, who is also in New Jersey. We have Steve Hoker, who is also in New Jersey. And right next door to New Jersey is Steven Saylor in Pennsylvania. So I do want to thank all my patrons for all of their support this year. It means a lot to me. And um, the one thing that um, that I like to uh, pride myself on is giving people a voice, allowing people to vote, allowing people to appear here. There are other shows that maybe have bigger followings and tout that kind of stuff, the little other shows in the process. But at least I do give a shout out to my patrons and and not just the same old, same old that uh, retweet stuff on the internet for what it is worth. Um, Edgar, you need to join us. Throwing down the gauntlet 2024. We're in the patron group. Come on, hang out with us. Edgar, if, if you joined us, you would know who Robin McCauley is. So that's true. There uh-huh. you go. True story. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys. Season's greetings. Happy New Year. We'll be back at some point in um, in January. And uh, I will continue to put out shows on Patreon in the meantime. And post stuff on Patreon as well. And there is some exciting stuff in the works. Hopefully will come to fruition. We shall see. So... That is all, folks. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we will see you next time right here on Signals from Mars. See you, folks. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 